Chapter 4, verses 1 through 7 of Catina Oreo, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. Pseudo Chrysostom, the Lord being baptized by John with water, is led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be baptized by the fire of temptation. Then, i.e., when the voice of the Father had been given from heaven, Chrysostom, Whoever thou art, that after thy baptism sufferest grievous trials, be not troubled, for this thou receivest arms, to fight, not to sit idle. God does not hold all trials from us. First, that we may feel that we are become stronger, Secondly, that we may not be puffed up by the greatness of the gifts we have received. Thirdly, that the devil may have experience that we have entirely renounced him. Fourthly, that by it we may be made stronger. Fifthly, that we may receive a sign of the treasure entrusted to us. For the devil would not come upon us to tempt us, did he not see us advanced to great honors. Hilary the devil's snares are chiefly spread for the sanctified, because a victory over the saints is more desired than over others. Gregory, some doubt what spirit it was that led Jesus into the desert, for that it is said after, the devil took him into the holy city. But true and without question agreeable to the context is the received opinion that it was the Holy Spirit, that his own spirit should lead him thither, where the evil spirit should find him and try him. Augustine, why did he offer himself to temptation? That he might be our mediator in vanquishing temptation, not by aid only, but by example. Pseudo Chrysostom, he was led by the Holy Spirit, not as an inferior at the bidding of a greater. For we say led, not only of him who is constrained by a stronger than he, but also of him who is induced by reasonable persuasion, as Andrew found his brother Simon and brought him to Jesus. Jerome, led, not against his will or as a prisoner, but as by a desire for the conflict. Pseudo Chrysostom, the devil comes against men to tempt them, but since he could not come against Christ, therefore Christ came against the devil. Gregory, we should know that there are three modes of temptation, suggestion, delight, and consent. And we, when we are tempted, commonly fall into delight or consent, because being born of the sin of the flesh, we bear with us whence we afford strength for the contest. But God, who was incarnate in the virgin's womb, came into the world without sin, carried within him nothing but a contrary nature. He could then be tempted by suggestion, but the delight of sin never gnawed his soul, and therefore all that temptation of the devil was without not within him. Chrysostom, the devil is wont to be most urgent with temptation when he sees us solitary. Thus it was in the beginning he tempted the woman when he found her without the man, and now too the occasion is offered to the devil by the Savior's being led into the desert. Gloss. This desert is that between Jerusalem and Jericho, where the robbers used to resort. It is called Hamamium, i.e. of blood, from the bloodshed 
which these robbers caused there, as the man was said in the parable to have fallen among robbers, as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, bearing a figure of Adam, who was overcome by demons. It was therefore fit that the place where Christ overcame the devil should be the same in which the devil in the parable overcomes man. Pseudo Chrysostom. Not Christ only is led into the desert by the Spirit, but also all the sons of God who have the Holy Spirit. For they are not content to sit idle, but the Holy Spirit stirs them up to take up some great work, i.e., to go out into the desert, where they shall meet with the devil. For there is no unrighteousness wherewith the devil is pleased. For all good is without the flesh in the world, because it is not according to the will of the flesh in the world. To such a desert, then, all the sons of God go out, that they may be tempted. For example, if you are unmarried, the Holy Spirit has in that led you into the desert, that is, beyond the limits of the flesh in the world, that you may be tempted by lust. But he who is married is unmoved by such temptation. Let us then learn that the sons of God are not tempted, but when they have gone forth into the desert. But the children of the devil, whose life is in the flesh, in the world, are then overcome and obey. The good man, having a wife, is content. The bad, though he have a wife, is not therewith content. And so in all other things. The children of the devil go not out to the devil that they may be tempted. For what need that he should seek the strife who desires not victory? But the sons of God, having more confidence and desirous of victory, go forth against him beyond the boundaries of the flesh. For this cause, then, Christ also went out to the devil, that he might be tempted of him. Chrysostom but that you may learn how great a good is fasting, and what a mighty shield against the devil, and that after baptism you ought to give attention to fasting and not to lusts. Therefore Christ fasted, not himself needing it, but teaching us by his example. Pseudo Chrysostom, and to fix the measure of our quadrangsimal fast, he fasted forty days and forty nights. Chrysostom, but he exceeded not the measure of Moses and Elias, lest it should bring into doubt the reality of his assumption of the flesh. Gregory, the creator of all things, took no food whatever during forty days. We also, at the season of Lent, as much as in us lies, afflict our flesh by abstinence. The number forty is preserved, because the virtue of the Decalogue is fulfilled in the books of the Holy Gospel and ten taken four times amounts to forty. Or, because in this mortal body we consist of four elements, by the delights of which we go against the Lord's precepts received by the Decalogue. And, as we transgress the Decalogue through the lusts of this flesh, it is fitting that we afflict the flesh fortyfold. Or, as by the law, we offer the tenth of our goods, so we strive to offer the tenth of our time, and from the first Sunday of Lent to the rejoicing of the Paschal Feast is a space of six weeks, or forty-two days, subtracting from which the six Sundays which are not kept, there remain thirty-six. Now, as the year consists of three hundred and sixty-five, by the affliction of these thirty-six, we give the tenth of our year to God. Augustine. Otherwise, the sum of all wisdom is to be acquainted 
with the creator and the creature the creature is the trinity father son and holy ghost the creature is partly invisible as the soul to which we assign a threefold nature as in the command to love god with the whole heart mind and soul partly visible as the body which we divide into four elements the hot the cold the liquid the solid the number ten then which stands for the whole law of life taken four times that is multiplied by that number which we assign for the body because by the body the law is obeyed or disobeyed makes the number forty all the aliquot parts in this number viz one two four five eight ten twenty taken together make up the number fifty hence the time of our sorrow and affliction is fixed at forty days the state of blessed joy which shall be hereafter is figured in the quintessimal festival i e the fifty days from easter to pentecost augustine not however because christ fasted immediately after having received baptism are we to suppose that he established a rule to be observed that we should fast immediately after his baptism but when the conflict with the tempter is sore then we ought to fast that the body may fulfill its warfare by chastisement and the soul obtain the victory by humiliation pseudo chrysostom the lord knew the thoughts of the devil that he sought to tempt him he had heard that christ had been born into the world with the preaching of the angels the witness of shepherds the inquiry of the magi and the testimony of john thus the lord proceeded against him not as god but as man or rather both as god and man for in forty days of fasting not to have been and hungered was not as man but to be ever and hungered was not as god he was and hungered then that the god might not be certainly manifested and so the hopes of the devil in tempting him be extinguished and his own victory hindered hilary he was and hungered not during the forty days but after them therefore when the lord hungered it was not that the effects of abstinence then first came upon him but that his humanity was left to its own strength for the devil was to be overcome not by the god but by the flesh by this was figured that after those forty days which he was to tarry on earth after his passion were accomplished he should hunger for the salvation of man at which time he carried back again to god his father the expected gift the humanity which he had taken on him verses three and four and when the tempter came to him he said if thou be the son of god command that these stones be made bread but he answered and said it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of god pseudo chrysostom the devil who had begun to despair when he saw that christ fasted forty days now again it began to hope when he saw that he was in hungered and then the tempter came to him if then you shall have fasted and after been tempted say not i have lost the fruit of my fast for though it have not availed to hinder temptation it will avail to hinder you from being overcome by temptation gregory if we observe the successive steps of the temptation we shall be able to estimate by how much we are freed from temptation the old enemy tempted the first man through his belly when he persuaded him to eat of the forbidden fruit 
through ambition, when he said, Ye shall be as gods, through covetousness, when he said, Knowing good and evil. For there is a covetousness not of money, but of greatness, when a high estate above our measure is sought. By the same method in which he had overcome the first Adam, in the same he was overcome when he tempted the second Adam. He tempted through the belly when he said, Command that these stones become loaves, through ambition when he said, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. Through covetousness of lofty condition, in the words, All these things will I give thee. Ambrose. He begins with that which had once been the means of his victory, the pallet. If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones become loaves. What means such a beginning as this, but that he knew that the Son of God was to come? It believed not that he was come on account of his fleshly infirmity. His speech is in part that of an inquiry, in part of that of a tempter. He professes to believe him God. He strives to deceive him as man. Hilary. And therefore, in the temptation, he makes a proposal of such a double kind by which his divinity would be made known by the miracle of the transformation, the weakness of the man deceived by the delight of food. Jerome. But thou art caught, O enemy, in a dilemma. If these stones can be made bread at his word, your temptation is vain against one so mighty. If he cannot make them bread, your suspicions that this is the Son of God must be vain. Pseudo Chrysostom. But as the devil blinds all men, so is he now invisibly made blind by Christ. He found him and hungered at the end of forty days, and knew not that he had continued through those forty without being hungry. When he suspected him not to be the Son of God, he considered not that the mighty champion can descend to things that be weak, but the weak cannot ascend to the things that are high. We may more readily infer from his not being and hungered for so many days that he is God, than from his being and hungered after that time that he is man. But it may be said, Moses and Elias fasted forty days and were men, but they hungered and endured. He for the space of forty days hungered not, but afterwards. To be hungry and yet refuse food is within the endurance of man. Not be hungry belongs to the divine nature only, to Rome. Christ's purpose was to vanquish by humility, Leo. Hence he opposed the adversary, rather by testimonies out of the law, than by miraculous powers. Thus, at the same time, giving more honor to man, and more disgrace to the adversary, when the enemy of the human race thus seemed to be overcome by man rather than by God. Gregory. So the Lord, when tempted by the devil, answered only with precepts of holy writ, that he who could have drowned his tempter in the abyss displayed not the might of his power, giving us an example that when we suffer anything at the hands of evil men, we should be stirred up to learning rather than revenge. Pseudo Chrysostom. He said not, I live not, but man doth not live by bread alone, that the devil might still ask, If thou be the Son of God, if he be God, it is as though he shunned to display what he had the power to do. If man, it is a crafty will, that his want of power should not be detected. Rabanus. This verse is quoted from Deuteronomy. 
whoso then feeds not on the word of god he lives not as the body of man cannot live without earthly food so cannot his soul without god's word this word is said to proceed out of the mouth of god where he reveals his will by scripture testimonies verses five through seven then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on an, a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him if thou be the son of god cast thyself down for it is written he shall give his angels charge concerning thee and in their hands they shall bear thee up least at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone and jesus said unto him it is written again thou shalt not tempt the lord thy god pseudo chrysostom from this first answer of christ the devil could learn nothing certain whether he were god or man he therefore betook him to another temptation saying within himself this man who is not sensible of the appetite of hunger if not the son of god is yet a holy man and such to attain strength not to overcome by hunger but when they have subdued every necessity of the flesh they often fall by desire of empty glory therefore he began to tempt him by this empty glory jerome took him not because the lord was weak but the enemy proud he imputed to a necessity what the saviour did willingly rabanus jerusalem is called the holy city for in it was the temple of god the holy of holies and the worship of the one god according to the law of moses rigmig this shows that the devil lies in wait for christ's faithful people even in the sacred places gregory behold when it is said that this god was taken by the devil into the holy city pious ears tremble to hear and yet the devil is head and chief among the wicked what wonder that he suffered himself to be led up a mountain by the wicked one himself who suffered himself to be crucified by his members gloss the devil places us on high places by exalting with pride that he may dash us to the ground again rigmig the pinnacle is the seat of the doctors for the temple had not a pointed roof like our houses but was flat on the top after the manner of the country of palestine and in the temple were three stories it should be known that the pinnacle was on the floor and in each story was one pinnacle whether then he placed them on the pinnacle in the first story or that in the second or the third he placed him whence a fall was possible gloss observe here that all these things were done with bodily sense and by careful comparison of the context it seems probable that the devil appeared in human form pseudo chrysostom perhaps you may say how could he in the sight of all place him bodily upon the temple perhaps the devil so took him as though he were visible to all while he without the devil being aware of it made himself invisible gloss he set him on a pinnacle of the temple when he would tempt him through ambition because in this seat of the doctors he had before taken many through the same temptation and therefore thought that when set in the same seat he might in like manner be puffed up with vain pride jerome in the several temptations the single aim of the devil is to find if he be the son of god but he is so answered as at last to depart in doubt he says cast thyself because the voice of the devil which is always calling men downwards has power to persuade them 
but may not compel them to fall. Pseudocrisostom, how does he expect to discover by this proposition whether he be the Son of God or not? For to fly through the air is not proper to the divine nature, or it is not useful to any. If then any were attempt to fly when challenged to it, you would be acting from ostentation, and so would belong rather to the devil than to God. If it is enough to a wise man to be what he is, and he has no wish to seem what he is not, how much more should the Son of God hold it not necessary to show what he is, he of whom none can know so much as he is in himself? Ambrose. But as Satan transfigures himself into an angel of light and spreads a snare for the faithful, even from the divine scriptures, so now he uses its texts, not to instruct but to deceive. Jerome. This verse we read in the 90th Psalm, but that is a prophecy not of Christ, but of some holy man, so the devil interprets scripture amiss. Pseudo-Chrysostom. For the Son of God, in truth, is not born of angels, but himself bears them. Or, if he be born in their arms, it is not from weakness, lest he dash his foot against a stone, but for the honor. O thou devil, thou hast read that the Son of God is born in angels' arms. Hast thou not also read that he shall tread upon the asp and basilic? But the one text he brings forward as proud, and the other he omits as crafty. Chrysostom, observe that scripture is brought forward by the Lord only with an apt meaning, but by the devil irreverently. For that where it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee, is not an exhortation to cast himself headlong. Gloss, we must explain thus. Scripture says of any good man that he has given it in charge to his angels, that is, to his ministering spirits, to bear him in their hands i.e. by their aid to guard him, that he dash not his foot against a stone, i.e. keep his heart, that it stumble not at the old law written in the tables of stone, or by the stone may be understood every occasion of sin and error. Rabban. It should be noted that though our Savior suffered himself to be placed by the devil on a pinnacle of the temple, yet refused to come down also at his command giving us an example that whosoever bids us ascend the straight way of truth we should obey. But if he would again cast us down from the height of truth and virtue to the depth of error, we should not hearken to him. Jerome. The false scripture darts of the devil he brands with a true shield of scripture. Hilary. Thus beating down the efforts of the devil, he professes himself both God and Lord. Pseudo-Chrysostom. Yet he says not, Thou shalt not tempt me, thy Lord God, but thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, which every man of God, when tempted by the devil, might say, For whoso tempts a man of God, tempts God. Rabanus. Otherwise, it was a suggestion to him, as man, that he should seek by requiring some miracle to know the greatness of God's power. Augustine. It is a part of sound doctrine that when man has any other means, he should not tempt the Lord his God. Theodore. And it is to tempt God in anything to expose oneself to danger without cause. Jerome. It should be noted that the required texts are taken from the book of Deuteronomy only, that he might show the sacraments of the second law. End of chapter 4, verses 1 through 7.